0: God tells John the Baptist that we've been talking about signs and following signs and how will I know and how will I know truth and how will I know if it's a, if, if it's a gopher or a grizzly bear track. Can I know? And the answer is yes. How do I make sure I'm not following some goofball or freak in, in the church? How will I know? You can know. We've been talking about tracks and following tracks. But this is the key. Watch this. God tells John the Baptist ahead of time. He said, there's one that you'll baptize and whom the dove will land upon and remain. And John the Baptist is thinking, do what? And God said, this is how you will know. This is a sign that I'm going to give you that who truly is the Messiah. And what's funny about this, because there was doves everywhere during Passover. The poor offered up doves. So, I mean, there was more doves there was in Love County in September. Well, Danny's laughing because he's from Love County. He said, this is how you'll know, John. Watch this. This is how you'll know. Watch this is that when you see the Holy Spirit or the dove, land upon him and remain. It's him. And John was baptizing Jesus, and all of a sudden this dove landed on Jesus, and, and some, one of the disciples is trying to be helpful. go, shoot! he made poop on him, shoo, get him off, get him off. And no matter what they did, no matter what they did, the dove would not leave his shoulder. It's amazing what, what God is trying to do in lives here this morning. We have religious leaders trying to shoo the Holy Spirit away from you. And somebody said, well, you're sitting in church and he believes in the Spirit and all this. And will it make me goofy? No, you're already goofy. So this is the signing key. Watch this. This is who I'll know that truth. Not necessarily that I have to grade them by the report cards of faults and failures. is this. Does the Holy Spirit remain on them? And if the Holy Spirit will remain on you, it's a great indicator and sign. It's a tracking that God is pursuing you just as hard as you're pursuing God. So good news to you. When other people trying to discourage you and shoo the Spirit off of you, it's good news. The Spirit of God cannot be shooed off. Someone says, quench not the Spirit. That does not mean God is spooky or freaky. The word quench, by definition, in the Greek, it means embarrass God. Don't quench the Spirit. Don't embarrass God by saying stupid things or doing stupid things. So I'm glad to tell you this morning, the Holy Spirit of God is designed for us. And we're going to talk about this from now on for a few weeks. And one of the first things that I I laid out for you is the King James and Philippians 3 and 12 says this, that he said, I haven't haven't apprehended it yet, but I'm trying to lay hold over or apprehend the one who has laid hold on me already. This is the concept we began, that we're in this process of pursuing God. But Paul said this, that, that I don't know him like he knows me, but I want to know him. Like he knows me. Paul is wanting relationship. He he he's got a great resume. Second under Jemael, the head of the tribe of Benjamin, that, that he is the cream of the crim. He's the top of his class. He was the valedictorian of the pharisaical class, but he said that's not enough. And it's amazing that no matter how many perfect Sundays you attended here, it doesn't matter how many times you've been baptized or ordained or anything. Nothing will satisfy you like a personal relationship. With Jesus in spirit and in truth. Truth. So this is kind of what we're after this morning. We first talked about footprints. falling tracks and signs. And then we got to sounds. It's a professional hunter. Not for recreation, but for occupation. My life depends upon it. And So we're stalking the prey. We're stalking God. We're following tracks. He's leaving tracks for us to follow. He wants us to find him. So, last week we we talked about a couple things. And this morning I'm going to talk to you about the introduction very simply about the Holy Spirit. Now don't run off and and don't pinch your children. It's okay. Jesus said, if you being evil know how to good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit? It's a gift. And when you hear the, the word Holy Spirit, you're, you're thinking immediately, well, somebody's going to lock the doors, turn off the lights, and we're going to speak in tongues. That is not what we're talking about. Because God gave the Son, the Son gave us the Spirit, but the Spirit gave us one another. All divine vehicles in, in this chronological order. And I will tell you, we say this a lot, but if you're a Jew here this morning, Jews believe in God, Elohim, and Adonai, and all the religious names, but they do not believe that Jesus is Messiah. We talked about this. And so if you was talking to a Jewish friend and you say, do you believe in God? And say, yeah, yeah, we believe in God and all these things. But do you believe in Jesus Messiah? He said, oh no. And this is what you'd say. You'd say, man, you don't even know what you're missing. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the life. And in him is the fullness of the God and all these things. And and they do not have ears to hear. But I say to you that believe that Jesus is the Messiah, but have you received the Holy Spirit in your life. And you look at me and say, well, it's not that big a deal. You're missing out on one of the greatest experiences because if the Holy Spirit was not needing your life, Jesus would have never gave it to you. So, Once again, I'm not going to talk about gifts of the Spirit and trying to get you baptized and get you to speak in tongues. That's not my objective. My objective is here to open yourself to understand the mechanics of how important the Holy Spirit is. Matter of fact, it began in the Garden of Eden that God made man and made him out of the dirt. He called Adam, where we get the word dirt. He made him and looked at him and he was perfect. He was about six foot three. He weighed 202 pounds and not an ounce of fat on him. Remind me of, well, anyway, Ron Ed. And so what happens is... He looks at him, he said, that's a great creation, but it's, it's missing something. What is it missing? It's missing life. So what does he do? He blows his breath, ruach, wind, spirit, same word. He blows it into his nostrils. <sighs> and the Bible says that Adam become a living soul, fully alive. And the word living is where we get word for Zoe, means the life of God. He become, had the ability to receive the life of God in him. He can walk with God and commune with God and and rehearse with God, all these things. And it's amazing that for, we talked about this for 4,000 years, that when he sinned, that that it would never happen again until John 21 in the basement of the bottom of the dungeon where they were hiding, that he walks to the door and he says this, and Jesus breathed on them in Paseo. At that moment, they become born again. At that moment is where they inhale. The exhale of God again. And ever since that moment, by the releasing of the Holy Spirit, you and I have had that opportunity. It's not enough just to go to church. It's not enough just to sign your name on a book. It's not just enough to go through the motions. He wants to breathe into your life and He wants you to inhale His exhale. Because it's the word inspiration. We talked about this, and we, and I got to go with this. That you, you take Brad comes down here, and Brad's choked and, and, and he's clenching his throat, and I can tell you right off, he's not breathing. So what do I do? I jump up. Well, I don't jump on him. I let Ron Ed jump on him and give you mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. But did you know that's only temporary because he can't live off my carbons. Some of you are dependent on me to give you mouth-to-mouth every Sunday morning, and I'm telling you, it's not working. I'm trying to get you hooked up to the real thing here. I'm trying to get you so close that God will just breathe on you and you can inhale God's exhale. And out of that, you can have spirit life. See? And if you don't know what I'm talking about, then you're missing out this morning. I was sitting in the dentist's office years ago. I mean, like 20 years ago. And there was a waiting for them to do something to me. And I picked up a Time Magazine book laying there. And, and I turned about two or three pages, and it opened up, and it was a full page, and it was a Levi blue jean ad. It's full page. But it was a collage of about 16 pictures. And so the first picture was a full set of blue jeans, laying flat, and a baby laying on top of it. The second picture was that same pair of blue jeans, we're going to say size 36, 32 length. We're going to say laying flat and the toddler's sitting on it. The third picture was the same pair of blue jeans and the kid that was about the sixth grade and on and on and going teenagers and on and on. And finally it gets to this guy that's about 25 years old and he doesn't have a shirt on, doesn't have shoes on and he's got this same pair of blue jeans on. And this is the caption. It says, Levi's, the jeans that fit. You see, they didn't alter the genes to fit the baby. They were waiting for the baby to grow into the genes. Amen. See, the concept that you're thinking this morning that God will alter himself to fit yourself, that's not going to happen. If you want to live like hell and act like the devil, then God's not going to be a tailor-made to tailor your religious rope to that. God said, you're going to have to conform to my will, my word, and my ways. And once you do that, his word fits. His word will work in our lives. But God is not waiting to have us to detail our lives to, his, his word to our lives. He's doing something to our lives that will conform to his word. And once you understand that concept, then you'll understand that God is working on you. And the things that you used to think, you don't think anymore, hopefully. And, and the temper tantrums that you used to throw, hopefully you don't throw very often anymore. You know what God is doing? He's not reshaping the genes to fit you. He's reshaping you to fit the genes. It's amazing. Because the Bible says this in Hebrews that God said, I am the Lord your God, I do not change. Amen. Because there's something too coming together. There's something, and we're going to talk about that this morning. There's actually a great anointing by coming together. Because your enemy, COVID-19 is really, is really uh, an opportunity for the enemy to, to, to separate and hinder us and divide us. All right. So here we go this morning. Acts chapter 1 verse three thirty eight. 3, this is the Message Bible. So after his death, Jesus, he presented himself alive to, to them in many different settings over the period of 40 days. Say 40 days. 40 days. Okay, so Jesus is resurrected. If you know this, then go ahead and take your nap. But if you don't know this, this is kind of important. You, you understand that the writer of Luke and the writer of Acts are the same. So by the time you get to the end of chapter 24 of Acts, he's basically going to say the first thing he says in the book of Acts. So let me back up. The very last few verses in the book of Luke 24 is the very first verses in the book of Acts. It's the same thing because Luke writes them both. So after his death, he presented himself alive to many different settings over a period of 40 days in face-to-face meetings. He talked to them about things concerning the kingdom of God. And they met and they ate meals together. And he told them they were in no count to leave Jerusalem, but they must wait for the Father's promise, the promise that you've heard from me. John baptized you in water, but you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit and soon. And when they were together for the last time, they asked, Master, are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel now? Is this the time? It's amazing. People want to talk about the end times. And he told them, you don't get to know the time. Timing is the Father's business. Watch this. What you'll get is the Holy Spirit. Do you know me people in 2020 has called me and asked me, is this the end of the times? Do you know me many goofballs have texted me and said, "Can well, this scripture says this and this scripture said this and can we prove this? And, and, and luckily, can you help me with this? And, I, and, and, and when I read this about two or three weeks ago, it's really funny. He said, it's none of your business what the times is. He said, this is not what you're going to get some type of revelational insight. What you're going to get is the Holy Spirit. Once again, don't you think that Jesus said the Holy Spirit is so important in your life? He said the things that you think you need, you really don't need them what you need. is the Holy Spirit in your life. Amen. And when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you'll be able to be among witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. And we've said this over. Jerusalem is your home. Judea is your neighborhood. Samaria, Judea is your church family. Samaria is your neighborhood. And the uttermost parts of the world is wherever you go. You need the Holy Spirit in your house first. This is where the Holy Spirit is first prioritized in your life. At Jerusalem, home. I've never seen screaming and hollering fist fights in church. Well, a couple. But you need the Holy Spirit at home. You need the Holy Spirit at home. I don't care what you text. I don't care what you say. I don't care how religious you sound on paper. You need the Holy Spirit at your house because if you have it at the house, then you'll spread it to the church family. Your church family will spread it to the neighborhood and then your neighborhood will spread it all the world. So let's let's don't get lost on third world countries. Let's talk about I need the Holy Spirit in my home. I need it here. And if you want me to be good, then you should be saying, God, please give that boy more of your spirit. So you'll be witnesses to him, where we get a Greek word for martyrs, witnesses. The word martyrs means you'll live a lifestyle unto death. He said, you're going to get the Holy Spirit, and when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you're going to live a lifestyle that's pleasing to me until you die, however you die. And I was going to read you the, books, the book of Fox and the book of Martyrs of how these men died that heard the voice of God, that that would only depress you. But the men that heard the voice of God, they didn't wind up very pleasing the first century. So what happens is, Acts chapter 2 verse 1 in the King James, and watch this. This is beginning of the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, that they were all in accord in one place. Pentecost is not scary. It means 50th. So we know he rose from the dead, and he ran around Jerusalem for 40 days. So I don't know. I wasn't valedictorian, but 50 minus 40 is how much? Thank you. It's the new math. It's 10. So this is what happens. He's running around. He's revealing himself to these disciples, proving whom he was to his disciples. And then he tells them, do not leave Jerusalem until you receive the Holy Spirit of promise. And they said, are you going to tell us, is this the end of the times? And and, 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 and can we get on television and say, this is the end of the time? He said, it's not for you to talk about the Father's business. What you're going to get is the Holy Spirit. And I'm sure they responded just like you're looking at me right now. So now then, in Acts chapter 2, verse 1, it says, when the Pentecost was fully come, or when the 50th day was fully come, it means they had to wait 10 days. The word one accord, show this in Acts chapter 1. And these all continue with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary and the mother of Jesus and with the brethren. The word one accord is found 11 times in the book of Acts. It's homothumadon. Homo same, and thumos is mind. It means the same mind. It means, watch this. Did you know that we're all different here? Mark, you're different. Okay. <laughs> Jeremy Resendez, you're different. I know that's right. <laughs> but for 10 solid days, they were gathered together in one mind and one accord. It doesn't mean they agreed on everything. Some have been raised in this background, some have been taught this, but they come to this, this 120 gathered together in one accord for 10 days. They got together and said this, you know what, for all of our lives we've been kicking cactuses and, 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 and kicking rocks But we've been promised a promise and it's about time He laid us out a track and we'll just follow it. We can receive what He said we can receive. It's amazing. Now watch this. I mean this with all my heart. Eleven times the word one accord and that's not a Honda. I mean, eleven times in the book of Acts they learned this trick. If we could just come together even though we have differences but our differences should not override of what we have in common. You don't believe like I believe on some things. You don't like the same songs. You don't like certain colors. I understand that. But there's one thing that we should have in common that overrides anything, that Jesus is Lord of our life. And there's something about this. I'm telling you, if they would not have obeyed this in Acts chapter 1, the Holy Spirit would not have been poured out because he said, I'm telling you, don't leave Jerusalem. Be in one accord and you stay here. He didn't say 10 days. He said, just stay there until he comes. And I'm telling you, if, if you'll get somewhere and wait on God, He has a blessing for you. But sometimes we're just too eager to leave the house, and, and we walk out of rebellion and, and defiance. And, and I understand, but, but I, if you have, I'm glad you're back. Some of you. Yeah, I understand. But see, for ten days they waited in one accord, and this is what they said. We have our differences. But what we have in common is that Jesus Christ is Lord of our life. And we're going to wait until this promise comes. That's very important. So now, what happens is this: this word "homothumadon" is it means that we're in the same mind. So Acts chapter two, verses one through eight says this. This is the Message Bible. This is this is elementary, but I'm getting somewhere. So when the feast of Pentecost came and they were all together in one place, without warning, there was a sound like a strong wind, a gale force and no one could tell where it came from, but it filled the whole building. And then like wildfire, the Holy Spirit spread through, the, through their ranks. And they started speaking in a number of different languages as the Spirit prompted them. And there were many Jews staying in Jerusalem just then, devout pilgrims from all over the world. And when they heard the sound, they came on the run. Then when they heard one after another their own mother tongue being spoken, they were thunderstruck. They couldn't for the life of them figure out what was going on and kept saying, aren't these all Galileans? So how come we're hearing them talk in our various mother tongues? One of the side notes about the Holy Spirit when it comes into your life. This is a little boring to some of you. But when we're following God, I've told you, He moves from tracks and signs to sounds. And for the first time, when we're stalking a deer or hunting a deer or we're we're following tracks for the first time, we hear a buck snorting or hear a deer rack somewhere and you say, that's what I'm looking for. And no longer do you have to put your nose to the ground for the trackage. Now you can pick up the sounds. So what we have here, at this particular time at Pentecost, there were three feasts that they must observe and attend. Somewhere Jesus was born, somewhere around Passover, somewhere we know that it wasn't December the 25th, because all Jews had to be at Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles in October. So there are migraine here. At this particular time, there could be a half a million Jews in Jerusalem. Or more, and so now then that you have these devout men that love God, but they were limited in their knowledge of the fullness of God. Okay, so all of a sudden these hundred twenty people, they did what God said. And wouldn't it be amazing? Wouldn't it just be amazing that if 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 some of us could just be obedient and just watch what God will do, and quit saying, "Well, if, if Louise was just straightened up, forget about Louise." What am I doing? These hundred tweets said, Oh God, we want you to save and restore the whole city of Jerusalem. There's pimps and prostitutes and plumbers on every street corner. And God said, Why don't you just get somewhere, get an agreement, and stay for 10 days? See, it all falls back on us. So they hear this sound. They hear this sound. And when these pilgrims start running, these, these, and there are 16 nationalities that come running, they're devout men. There's a men that religiously love God, but they worship God in different ways. But they love God. That's why they're in Jerusalem, to observe atonement and Passover and Pentecost. And when they walked into this place, all of a sudden they hear something like a rush and a mighty wind. Let's go, kind of go back to that rush and mighty wind kind of. It wasn't rushing a mountain wind, but it sounds—it sounds like God's breath. <sighs> Remember, He breathed in Adam. It's the wind of God. John the Revelator said, "Well, I was in Patmos. I heard a voice. It was like many waters speaking to me. It overwhelmed me." So what happens is they 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 are hearing this. They're hearing this, and the thing that grabs them the most is that they're hearing these Galileans speak their mother language. Now, this is what I've I've talked about years ago. Watch this. I grew up in a Pentecostal church. I know everything about tongues interpretation that you want to know. Everything. I'm not being arrogant about it. I know about it. I know about the good, the bad, the ugly. And I will tell you this. There's always counterfeits to the good because they don't have a counterfeit $3 bill because there's no $3 bill. I found one in the church offering, but whoever did that, you're funny. So your enemy will always counterfeit the real thing. Always. And because you're afraid of it, then you won't even, you won't even delve into and look into it. But I will tell you, if you'll get somewhere in the same frame of mind and say this, I don't understand what he's talking about or going on, but you know what? I'm going to keep coming back every Sunday until God does something in my life. Because you have a better chance of God doing something to your life here than you do on a bar bench at Maggie's Warehouse. I'm just telling you from experience. So these men, that religious men, they heard this. these people, these, these 120 speaking in other tongues. And the word other tongues means these other 16 nationals language. So he tells you what these are. I left them out. But he gives you 16 nationals that speaks different languages. And they're all there. And all of a sudden they just hear this thing thunder and roaring and they run to the temple and, and there's 120 people feel the spirit and they don't understand but the thing that gets them the most is is this guy that is a fisherman from Galilee that only wants, knows one language and that he doesn't know very well and he's speaking the language of Cappadocia there's a difference between remember translation remember we need a translator interpretation an interpretation in the Spirit, gifts, one of the gifts of the Spirit is tongues, and the other is interpretation of tongues. Now listen to me. There is a difference between interpretation and translation. Interpretation kind of gives you the general overall. Translation is word for word. Well, what happens is, this, in the Holy Spirit, in the gifts of the Spirit, one of the, one of the gifts of the Spirit is tongues. It means diverse tongues, and we'll talk about that later on in life, but it's called interpretation. It gives you an interpretation, like an overall venue. These people didn't get interpretation of the Spirit. Watch this. They got word for word. One of the beautiful things about the Holy Spirit is this. Now, everybody look at me. Watch this. Is it no matter where you come from, no matter what your background is, no matter what your social status and your report card says, watch this, You have the ability to hear the Holy Spirit clearly. Isn't it amazing, watch this, that no matter what national, the word nation, we're getting word for ethnic, ethnic background, he said it doesn't really matter where you come from, it's possible for the first time of your life that no matter what you come from, and no matter what your upbringing was, when you get around truth by the Spirit of God for the first time, you hear it. Wow. Wow. The Holy Spirit, even in a sin-ridden condition. And I've said this, but the only reason why I even took, I hate to even tell you, but the only reason why I took the Gideon Bibles from school is to cut the pages out and roll them in dope and smoke them because it was onion leaf papers, very thin. And I know I said I got the word in me, but that was the wrong way to get the word in me. <laughs> hey, I'm not up here trying to pretend somebody. I'm not, I'm just telling you the truth. But I will tell you, I remember in the front yard by myself smoking reefers in John chapter 7 and I mean just something just come over me. The Holy Spirit. And I think the Holy Spirit was telling me I got better plans for you, knucklehead. And how is it that you can go to a bar room with bullets blazing everywhere but not one found you? And how's it that you can drive home from the library, we'll call it, on a four-lane road at 3 a.m. when you really realize the next day was a two-lane road? Because God had plans for you. And His Holy Spirit set upon you. And for the first time in your whole life, you could hear, it wasn't just a bunch of noise, but you could actually hear the Holy Spirit speaking to you truth. What happens is that we're not we're not trying to compete or weigh out with your your background of fundamental teaching. We're not trying to compete with your Methodist or your Baptist or Assembly God, sixteen fundamental cardinal doctrines. You can you can just check all that out at the door, please. Just please leave just take your shoes off and leave all that mess out there. And I'm just asking you, could you just come to this place? And even though that we have differences of opinions and likes and dislikes, but we have one thing in common that we've learned, that the promises of God are for those that can wait on Him and trust Him. And for the first time you can sit here, and for the first time you can say this, I'm not for sure what's going on, but somehow I feel that the Holy Spirit is speaking to me. Because He is. He is. Now, lastly, before I go, I want to show you this. By the time you get to verse 12 and 13, what's this. And so they were all amazed, and they were in doubt. Not in doubt. This word doubt means they were confused. Saying to one to another, what meaneth this? This is where we get a word for a glossolalia. Glossa in the Latin means tongue. Ladian is where we get a word for speak. Speak in tongue or in a tongue. So he what, said, what, what meaneth this? I don't understand what they're saying. And it's kind of, we have school teachers here. Glossary? Glossary? What is a glossary? A glossary by definition is something in the back of the book to tell you, to to explain difficult terms. Maybe some of you are too. you you're millennials. You don't know what a glossary is. But when Danny was in school and we were still chiseling on stone and rock, a glossary is that when you come across something you didn't know what it meant, it was difficult, you could go to the back and it said glossary and it would help you to explain what you didn't understand. Watch this, they're saying the same thing. What meaneth this? We don't understand what's going on. And God said, it's okay, I got a glossary. I'll explain to you what's going on. And Peter is the glossary. Peter said, this is that. We'll get to that next week. And it's okay. You come in and say, I don't understand any of this. I don't understand. I understand you don't understand. But it's okay. God's in the business of still having prophets and men of God become glossaries to help explain difficult things to us. But you see this glossolalia? This is not new. This is found in Exodus chapter number 16, whether you know this or not. What meaneth this? What is this? I don't understand what they're saying. The idea of this is they understood their language. See, kind of keep in mind. I'll explain this to you in verse 12 and verse 13. There's a difference between the Hebraists and the Hellenistic Jews. The Hellenistic was Greek-speaking Jews, verse 12. And they're the ones that's are saying this. But by the time you get to verse 13, these are the Hebraists. These are the religious Jews that said, oh, they're just drunk. The reason why they said this because the Hellenistic was Greek-speaking Jews or Jews that had different sets of parents, maybe of different nationalities. That means this: even though that there are 16 different other nations, there was some Jewish blood in them, but they spoke another language outside of the Hebrew language. And for the first time in their life, they're hearing a smelly fisherman speak perfect Cappadocia. And they're saying this, what, what meaneth this? I know what he's saying, but how's this working? And, 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 the, guy, and the guy that comes to Fergie, he, he's over there, he's 400 miles, and they speak a completely different language. He said, I hear that guy, he's a fisherman. He barely got through the third grade, and he's speaking perfect language. What meaneth this? You see the verse 13, the Hebrews, they didn't know other languages, so they thought they were all drunk. But the people that knew their language, it got their attention. So when they said, "This is this, this is that," what's this? I gotta go. The children of Israel has just left Egypt, and boy, they were cranky. They were hangry. They were constantly fussing at God. Sounds like the people sitting across the pew from you, right? Never satisfied. Never happy. They would rather take the beating on their back than trust God. (laughs) Go figure. I'll tell you right now, listen to me. I don't care if we go broke, if we turn this into a a goat roping arena. I I don't care if we lose everything. Listen, the worst day of my life is 10,000 times better than the best day I ever had serving Satan. I'm going to tell you that right now. Tell you right now, that's the truth. And, and these, these Egyptians whipped and mistreated and molested and did everything they could to the Hebrew women. But anyway, they got them out. They never was happy. And they said, We're starving to death. So this is what happened. God said, I'm going to do a little deal. You're not going to understand it, but I'm going to do a little deal for you. He said, When you get up in the morning, go to the field. In Exodus 16 the Numbers talks about this. But when they go to the field, watch this. They walk out to the field and they see this flower, this coriander, this, 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 this wafer lock, all the field. And the first thing they said was, what is this? And the word of the Hebrew is manna. It means what meaneth this? It's the same word that was used in Acts chapter 2. Translating the Septuagint. You know what manna was? Watch this. Here we go. We're closing. Watch this. You know what manna was? It was, the, it was the difference between life or death for those people. And it came from heaven. They couldn't grow it. They couldn't produce it. But God said, what I'm going to do for you it will last you your entire life but it's manna it means what is it where did it come from i see it but i don't understand it i'm eating it but it doesn't come by earthly means god brought it and isn't it amazing watch this that the holy spirit that was poured out in acts chapter 2 is the same man remember what revelation says I'll give those hidden manas to those that overcome. The Holy Spirit is your manna for your daily supplement for you to survive and overcome in your Christian walk. You don't understand it. You can't put your finger on it. You can't duplicate it. So this is the idea this morning. Every day. As we kind of begin in this mission of the Holy Spirit, this is all I'm asking you to do. Just open your ears and open your heart. Stick together. Find camaraderie in the body of Christ. Don't stay home. You're not going to get on television. Come here. Let's get, let's wait on God. And before long, the Holy Spirit will begin to move into your life. And you'll find yourself changing. And Casey, you're going to start changing and developing. And before long, the Holy Spirit's going to do a great work in your life. Son. Stay the course. All right? Does everybody besides me, I'm confused about how God works, when He works, and why He works. I'm confused about it. But it's not up to me to know the times in God's business. It's just up to me to receive the Holy Spirit in my life. I need Him. All right. Father, they waited 10 days. A lot of questions. A lot of controversy. They were so excited to be with Jesus for 40 days. But that 10 days waiting was very hard. But you promised us the Holy Spirit. And just like the children of Israel that needed manna every day of their life, we need the Holy Spirit in our life every day in one shape, form or another. Father Jesus says, as manna came down from heaven, your father ate it and they died hungry. But Jesus said, I am that same bread. I am that same manna that comes down out of heaven and you will never hunger again. That's the manna that I'm looking for. So I pray this morning that the Holy Spirit would just begin to move into this place. It would just just heal some hurts. It would satisfy some hearts. It would clear out some cobwebs in our minds. That we understand that you have been giving us the Holy Spirit as, as a sense of communion. That we can bring it to the local church and we can have fellowship one with another. And Father, thank you for those that have made their way to this place of worship this morning. Open our ears. And we can receive everything that you have for us. Better days are ahead for the people of God. In Jesus' name. As the communion service make their way, I said last week or the week before, some of you, I believe God is speaking to you, you didn't know it was Him. God's not limited to English. And God is not bound to English. And God told Elijah, he said, I'll never speak to you through signs and wonders again. I'm going to speak to you through a still, small voice. Domin is a Hebrew word. It's reverberations in your heart. I'm trying to make you aware of the tracks that God is leaving for you. It's more than just feelings. It's more than just unctions. It's more than just emotional moments that you're having. Could it be the Holy Spirit is invading your life? moving things and moving out furniture that you've been tripping over for the last 25 years and the answer is yes Holy Spirit would you fall upon us this morning and remain we need you the place where I work I need you the people that I run around I need you in my life every day that's our prayer Help us to be more like Jesus. That night, Jesus sat with his disciples and he took the bread and the cup. And he gave them two sacraments as the last final tracts. He said, for 1,500 years, you've been celebrating the ordinance of the the Passover through the unleavened bread. But he said, now then, we're going to celebrate it. It's no longer unleavened bread, bread with no leaven, without sin represents my body without sin and every time that you celebrate and take the unleavened bread it will remind you of me and then he took the cup and he lifted it and he said for 1500 years you've been celebrating the ordinance of, of the lamb's blood that was shed and you take it and you place it on the doorpost of the house in the shape of a cross but from now on it's the New Testament lamb it's my blood that will be poured out for the forgiveness of sin and it will be poured out in the shape of a cross and every time that you celebrate the bread and the cup it will remind you of me these are the last two physical tracks that he laid for us the cup and the bread it will lead you to Christ Father bless this cup bless this bread open our ears that we can hear you We don't have to understand you. We just need to hear you speak to us. That we'll follow you all the days of our lives in Jesus' name. Amen.